Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for joining us. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week, and show notes are found at 805connect.com. Hey, why don't you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows? They'll get automatically delivered to you. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. I want to thank them both for their support and encouragement. And hey, thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm always, you always, right at that moment when you bring me in, I'm always over here like touching so many different buttons at once, trying to get the music to stop at just the right moment. And I'm so nervous. And you're always like, hey, Patrick. And I'm like, oh, hey. (laughs) Well, you do such a great job of that. So (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm a little bit of that's how the sausage is made. I'm a little bit freaked out. And the show sounds great. And I want you, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest, Burke Franklin. Burke, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. So you're, um, Business power tools, but like a global entrepreneur, like your businesses. You know, so our listener, we've got listeners from 42 countries. They're all potentially customers. They are. I've been in business since 1988, so that's about 27 years, making software for entrepreneurs, templates, apps to help them build their businesses. What's the, um, God, I mean, there's a million things to talk about there, but what was, um, so in 1988, well, tell me what you were doing in 1987. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, before that, I'd been selling word processors when word processors were such a thing. Well, you'd build a room around them. I, I did, yeah. Well, the whole thing, the word processors, I mean, you sell word processors different ways. So you're you're talking to secretaries, office managers, CFOs, CEOs, yeah. and you're selling the same product, but you're selling it a different angle of it to each person. And then a friend of mine, you know, I, was, I, I left that company. Well, actually, that company decided not to be uh, DOS compatible. That was when you needed to be compatible with IBM and all that. And yeah. $200 million company, all the word processing companies just crashed and burned because customers would ask, well, does it, can I run DOS? And they'd, we'd have to say, well, no. Well, we want to run DOS, sorry. And so these companies just failed immediately because they just didn't learn to be compatible with the coming per- technology. Prevailing wind. Exactly, yeah. So, so you know, I went out on my own. I was doing marketing work for people. I'd been in sales for a long time. Where were you at this time? I was in, where was I? I was up in Silicon Valley. Uh-huh. I was living in Los Altos. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so people would, you know, I would help them with the marketing. Because I figured, you know, you know, the 80-20 rule where 80% of your sales are made by 20% of the people. Yep. What happens to the other, what are the other 80% of the salespeople doing? You know, so if at least they could, if they could walk in the door with a decent, uh, marketing presentation of some kind, even as a drone carrying this material, that would help them be more effective as a salesperson. Huh. And well, prior to that, I'd worked for the Sharper Image Catalog. And I'd been an electronics buyer, and I was also in their uh, catalog department writing copy for the catalog. So I knew how, how to... How fun was ha- that? Uh, it was like, yeah, it was the best thing in the world. We got all the great electronics stuff. I have to tell you a quick story, though. We were going to go skiing with... I was going to go skiing with one of the other buyers. And we were in the equipment room where we had all the samples. All, there was about 10 times as many things as you see oh, in the this catalog. Oh, this is Willy Wonka and time. Just, Keep oh, talking. My God. oh, we were going crazy. Let's oh take my this. God, yeah. Let's take the ski poles that have the scotch flask built into them. You know, <laughs> and, you know, I almost bought that. We had the headphones and the, and the radio, all this crazy stuff. And we we're loading up on it. And the last, the last minute we looked at each other and said, forget it. Just leave all this junk behind. We went skiing without it. And it was really an interesting time because I thought if I had more stuff, I'd be happier. 
if I had all these gadgets in that catalog, I'd be a happy camper. So now you're in a room with all the gadgets and you say, hold it. Makes nope. no difference. No. Nope. <laughs> there's, well, there's there was an mo- aha moment for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, that really was a huge. And now, of course, I have more gadgets than ever. We all do. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> look at us. <laughs> was there a, one of the things we, we like to talk about on the show is that defining moment, that 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 pivotal thing that happens. So in this yeah. case, between 87 and 88, but let's go back before that. What what got you into technology or thinking you could make a career in that? Well, one thing I always noticed way back when is I you know, read Popular Science and Popular Mechanics. Those magazines have been around forever. And I remember so you're reading, a maker. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I've invented things. The easiest thing for me to actually make and sell was the software. But before I got to that was, you know, my grandfather was an inventor. Really? Uh, he, he built a company after World War II. He ran a shipyard in World War II. And he'd been in World War I teaching guys how to fly balloons. You know those balloons they flew on the Western Front that got shot at? Well, he taught guys how to fly those. And anyway. Fly, wow. fly or hang beneath? Well, you're, yeah, you're kind of <laughs> hanging beneath this yeah. balloon on a yeah. cable. It's a, just yeah. a target floating in the air. Yeah. But they were very useful. Yeah. Anyway. He knew that after World War I, there's a ton of material and stuff, and Army swore surplus, yeah, like yeah, everything. Yeah. After the World War II, you know, he wasn't in the military anymore, of course, so he, he discovered that, well, what if, I just, what if I just bought all this tubing, surplus tubing? I suppose it could have been anything. But he cornered the market on tubing and made a bunch of money selling tubing. Huh. And he came home one day and said to me, you know, like he was having a bad day. He says, you know, you'll never make any money work, working for somebody else. you gotta, you mm, got to mm. invent something and sell it and, of course, live happily ever after. So were you, what, 10 like, or 12? Probably six. When you were six? <laughs> yeah. You know, and later on, I'd read Popular Science and Popular Mechanics magazines, and I'd see all this really cool stuff, sure. and I see it to this sure. day. And, there's, of course, there's, there's Gizmodo and Gizmag and all these cool things. And I wonder, you know, in, after, after a while in the Popular Science, where did this stuff go? I mean, what happened to it? What, what, what happened to this thing? It was cool. It's, of course it's going to make it. Why didn't it? And then I worked for a number of companies in Silicon Valley, and I could see why it didn't make it. Because right. there's either they didn't get enough funding, the founders didn't get along, clash of egos. It didn't have to be cool. It had, it had to have all of the infrastructure around it to run All the it. other stuff. You had to have all the stuff. You, yeah. you, it's not – oh, and a lot of – this is engineers' probably worst thing is they don't really respect marketing, I don't think. <laughs> They think yeah. it, well, no, you're, here's, no, you're totally here's right. the thing. It'll sell itself. I don't need no stinking marketing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And so. Yeah, just assuming and, every single person sees it. Yeah, yeah. If you can get in front of somebody, that's yeah, the trick, yeah. right? So, you know, so I, I saw, you know, employee, well, of course, there's employee lawsuits to this day. That'll take a company down. Mm-hmm. And so there'd be, you know, not enough money invested in marketing, lousy marketing messages. Um, you know, all these different things. Intellectual like, property. Intellectual property issues. Yeah. yeah all kind of infringements, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. Just stupid sales pitches, all kinds of things would just go wrong. And so it became no mystery why these things failed. But anyway, so I figured, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm out of the selling the word processor business and I'm starting my own marketing company. It was called Tools for Sales. That's the part where I was thinking, you know, uh, if I could make a, a sharper image type brochure, like I even oh, made engineering oh, data oh. sheets for companies, hmm. and I was the first one to add credit cards and 800 numbers on the on the on the engineering data sheets, <laughs> because I remember back when I worked for Texas Instruments prior to all this, you know, we'd go in with data sheets and sure. design in electronic components to whatever somebody was making, and we would have to we deliver the parts to them and get them to design the thing in. That was the trick there: get the engineer to design the spec your product in in what they're making. 
Well, so I figured what, you take these 80% of the salespeople again, if they walked in with a data sheet, dropped it on the engineer's desk, not even say a word, they'd see the data sheet, it would explain what the thing does a little better, it'd have a headline on it. Most data sheets had no headline. Right. It would just say TLO82. Like, right. It's all about the features. What the hell's that thing yeah, do? Right. So mm-hmm. what is this thing? What's the features? What's the, what's the benefit of it? And then at the bottom, I had a big 800 number, Visa, MasterCard, American Express. So you could call up and get just, one. Yeah. They could just order one up on their own company. And, and, and you they think could that design was the in. sharper image influence? There was a combination. There was the Texas Instruments those influence dots. of me walking in there, the sharper image. Like, you know, yeah, you'd have maybe 50 words of pithy copy. And once a week, we would all have to, as a buyer, we'd go down and work in the phone room. And so, because oh. we had to stay in touch with reality. And this is one of the things I had people in my company People do. don't really want flasks in their ski poles. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, if they do, they call up. And here's the thing. It's like, I wish I had this sales job right out of school because there was no selling. Yeah. It was like fishing where the fish just jumped in the boat. Mm-hmm. You'd have this, remember those mm-hmm. old phone systems, all the lit up square plastic sure. buttons? They would all be lit up and flashing. All you had to do was punch a flashing one. And, okay, welcome to the sharper image. And they'd say, you know, on page 56, I want that ski pole with a flask in it. Here's my American Express card number, you know, 4315. Whoa, hold it here. You know, I'm, I'm taking orders as fast as I could. And we really got in touch with the customer. That was the whole point is really get a, keep in touch with the real world. What are people doing? And, and as a buyer, I, and I, of course, I'd ask them a few questions, which would be above and beyond what any salesperson would really do. That. But that Take really would help you, yeah. right? That yeah. would help, right? Yeah, I mean, it helped me as a buyer. I said, tell me something. What do you think about this thing? Oh, I love that. Or it's too fat or it's too big or I don't like the color. I don't know. But it would help me as a buyer. In, so now fast forward however many years that was. I don't want to do the math. Uh, <laughs> I don't do math in public do, myself. <laughs> uh, uh, don't do math. There's your T-shirt for the show. I don't Patrick. do math in public. I don't do public. math in public. I want that. I want it. I want it by the time I walk out of this show. Uh, right. um, the advice you would give uh, an entrepreneur today, uh, CEO, they've got that thing there a year into it, get on the sales line, go on sales calls? I would do it. I was amazed when I was selling word processors, the marketing people would come out from corporate headquarters. And I'd have a couple of sales calls lined up that afternoon. I'd say, hey, you know, what are you doing? Let's go. I've got a couple of customers I'd love to introduce you to. I'd love you to meet them. I've, they've got some questions. You're the person to answer them. Would you come with me? And it was amazing. And I've seen this in a number of companies, how the people from corporate just wouldn't go out. They're allergic to, the to customers. Allergic, deathly allergic. Oh no, yeah. I've, got, I've got to make phone calls. I've got to stay in the office. And they're just like shaking and sweating. You know, I'm yeah. thinking. No, I know. How is it you can't come out and talk to an actual customer? You are making marketing plans up in your little private little vacuum there, but you won't come out and hear what a customer has to say. But that's old school. I don't. Do you think that's still true today? I not so much. I've yeah, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. Because customers will talk to you via Twitter like in four minutes after the time that thing fails. I got a call the other day at 2.45 in the morning. He was a guy from Santa Barbara, in fact, graduated from UCSB a year after I did. He calls me from Delhi, India. (laughs) He's an attorney who'd been working in Afghanistan. I I don't even follow this guy's backstory, but he was asking me some questions about the product and some things like that. And, you know, he called me and I picked up the phone. I pick up the phone. Right, sure. I want to hear what these people have to say. I could deal with them, answer the questions, get off the phone right away. But I end up spending probably an hour just, what about this? And that's what about an opportunity, that? what do you right? Think? Yeah, yeah. They're all opportunities. Yeah. And that's how I see it. Yeah. And I think 
if you're a good entrepreneur, you really, that's, that is time well invested. I won't say time well spent. It's well invested talking to these people. Well, we, we had, some, we had a, a, a past show guest who, who was talking about, um, I don't remember if it was Greenpeace, but, but we were talking about this the other day about like to try to go and stand on the street uh, and try to get people to sign up for Greenpeace. Like something that, that most people would even agree with you or, right. or the, you know, like, right. like it's not that it's not that the, the people walking by don't agree. But man, at the end of that, somebody saying no to you or somebody saying like, you know, I'm not interested in what you're doing. Like you're bulletproof at the end of that. That was David Fortson. That's who it was. Yeah. Because he had gone through that kind of fire of like, I'll A talk to thousand. anybody. I'll yeah. talk to anybody at any moment about anything. You just point me at them. And when he was talking about sales, it was like, oh, yeah, for, for him, for sales, he had no concern about speaking to anybody at any moment, at any time, about whatever the product was that he would, had been tasked with because he he knew kind of like it, he knew the power of yes and the lack of power in no. Yeah. That no has no, yeah. there's no power in no. No impact. On yeah. Us. Right. There's no impact because you just said no, big deal. I've got, you know. Well, I remember circling a building one time, and this is when I was with Texas Instruments. I was selling electronics, and there was this big building there, and I thought well, maybe they make something electronic yeah. in there. Yeah, I didn't know check they it did. out. You know, I'll check it out. But I circled the building probably four or five times, afraid to go in because I was, I didn't really have the perfect intro pitch. Yeah. And I finally realized, wait a minute. Pulled up, my mind is screaming bloody murder. Ah, uh, you know. But I walked in the door. You know, when your your mind is saying one thing, but your body's just yeah, yeah. doing the doing the right thing. I walked in the front door, walked up to the receptionist, and said, "Hi, my name is Brooke Franklin. I'm with Texas Instruments. I sell electronic stuff. What do you guys do?" You right. Know, where's the Where's the the brilliant pitch in and then, that? There and isn't then she, one. And then she punched you in the face. Punched me in the face. <laughs> screamed no. Called the police. Yeah. They handcuffed me and dragged yeah, me out. Yeah. No, no, nothing happened. <laughs> she just looked at me and said, "We make tires." Oh. We Great both we know. both laughed and I said, you know, good to know. Do you do any invoicing with those tires? Do you, <laughs> <See anything? laughs> do you put any electronics in those tires? Yeah, is there any kind of like no. kind of paper? Where's they, your accounting department? They didn't have the they didn't have the little wireless you know sensors yeah, yeah. In, in their wheels at the time. You yeah. know that would have been a good idea. But not just okay. Good note to self. See you later. Thanks. You're just taking an inventory, and that's not illegal or disruptive. You're just yeah. asking questions. I think the other place to really hone your pitch though is a trade show. Oh. I think trade yeah. shows oh my gosh. have gone away. Where you know, it's like, it's literally like, it's like a spider web, you know, you've got your web. I look at a spider now. I think of, I think of spiders around the houses. Here's this little guy. He's in business. He's got his little business set up, his little nets there, you know. I'm in the fly catching business. Yeah, I'm in the, in the fly catching business. And so, you know, if, I, if I'm going to, I don't want to kill the spiders. I'm putting him out of business. That's bad, you know, so, because I hate it when businesses fail, people suffer and all that. But anyway, so... In a trade show, you've got your spider web all set up. You're the spider in the middle of it, and people walk by. And I walk out in the aisle, and I would say things to people like, hey, are you raising capital for a business? Are you starting a new company? Just try. You try everything, right? Try everything. You know, get the next we used one. to have contests. <laughs> yeah. Because like, there's, like, nothing happening. No one is in any of the booths, and the people are walking by because the exhibit hall is an afterthought to the main conference. They like might a, even agree with the product you have. They might even want to buy the product you have. But just the whole concept of being walking around a trade room, you're just like, it's just, no. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to see that one right there. That one's coming in. I'm giving them a demo. Right. And, and you know, it's like, how do you, how do, you do that? I want to just quickly... It's interesting you brought up trade shows because uh, I had a software company here in Santa Barbara, yeah. and uh, we went to trade shows, and uh, 
no one wanted to spend money on the trade shows. I was the only one. And I said, we'll be conspicuous by our absence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's important you go there as much to check out the competition. And it's our little embassy, you know, right. our little 100 by 100 uh, foot booth that is our little piece of turf. And when you come in there, you're in our house. And I, I love that. I wonder if with our ability to get information so quickly now that we don't need to go to trade shows. Uh, yet, there's still CES is going to come up and there's going to be 100,000, 120,000 people are going to go to there. And so they're not dead. They're still, right. they're still there. Um, I, I love that idea, though. That's where you there's fine nothing, There's nothing like getting your hands on the product. You know, like I've not worn these headphones before. I like them. I've not used this microphone before, but I see it in front of me. And I like it. It sounds good. I see equipment. I'm seeing stuff, you know, seeing it online. Well, that's great. Something about it getting it in your hands. Is, yeah, VR is, is going to VR and AR is going to take care of that. Pretty I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree. You're with, with it. Work. Well, yeah, because like, oh, shit, this battery's in the wrong place. Like this, uh, this strap <laughs> right. doesn't work at all. Right. Like there's no, there's no port for my such and such. Like, right. Until but how many of us now go to a shop and look at something and then photograph that thing and buy it on Amazon and we don't buy it in the store? I won't do that. You don't I, do that. I, no, I will oh, I not did, do I that. I just outed myself. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I don't say that to be self-righteous. I just say because, you know, the, again, here's these businesses that go away. Yeah. And you yeah, really yeah. like them no, and you yeah, depend sure. on them. Yeah. If you want a restaurant to stay in business in town, go eat there. I mean, that sounds kind of stupid. But really, you, you drive by and drive by. I'm going to eat there one of these days. Then one day it says it's out of business. You think, ah, you got to go in there and eat there. I bought, a, I bought an electric guitar from a store here in town. The guitar bar? The guitar bar. Yeah. And so I wanted to buy, I could have bought it on eBay. I've bought yeah. guitars on eBay. Well, not mm. buy a guitar on eBay anymore because they all talk to you differently. Yeah. <laughs> they all feel differently. I wanted to feel them. I wanted to hold them in my hand. I sat at another store. I played guitars for a couple of hours. I didn't like them. You know, and just not the store or anything, but I just, I knew I didn't want to buy it on eBay. I knew I had to feel the guitar and play it. Plus, when I go back to the store, maybe with a question or for some help, they see me walk hey, in the door and go, hey, dude, you spent a couple right. thousand bucks here. Amazon has never been nice to me like you're, that. You're a customer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want right. to, especially when you live in a town, like a town small like Santa Barbara, really anywhere, you walk in the door, and even if they don't even know you, it, it, it's a different bunch of salespeople. You walk in the door, and I bought something from these guys. You know, mm -hmm. you don't, and I don't feel There's like a lot to be said for that. And one store, because I one store, I, I went in, and it was a different kind of store, but I I did exactly what you're talking about. I looked at the thing; they wanted three hundred dollars for it. I saw it on eBay for two hundred dollars. I bought the one on eBay, but then I needed to change some settings on some things. I wanted to go in the store and talk to them you about felt guilty. it. And I felt guilty. <laughs> no I way you're like walking a, in there. I felt like a total schmuck. Oh, mm -hmm. I went and I looked at their yeah. thing. I bought it somewhere else it would have been worth the extra hundred dollars just to have the relationship the hey when you walk to in to have the relationship uh, with the store owner go. exactly yeah. or in yeah. the store people even the store people tells the store yeah. owner hey this guy bought a bunch of stuff from us love you man so in a way are you buying popularity i don't know it's just that thing it's how much well and and that's the thing it's like how much is the discount worth to you compared to the fact that what the hell else are you doing are you just sitting at home looking at a computer screen? That's a, you know, shopping. That's a tragedy. Mm. Go, go, mm. go. Part of part of what's nice about shopping is is that you go in and you talk to the guy behind the counter, or the girl behind the counter. And you're like, hey, I'm looking at this this turntable. You know, what do you think about those? Yeah. And yeah, you can find it for fifty bucks less on eBay. But they're gonna look at you and go, oh, you don't want that one. That's it. Notoriously, it stretches. Notoriously, you know, whatever. Because they've like, listened to you for a little bit and they they know why you don't want exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened to the guitar bar. Yeah. I mean, they've got some really awesome guitars hanging on the wall. They're anywhere yeah. from a thousand dollars to 
ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Now I wasn't in the market for a you know a collectible Eric Clapton or something. I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Don't disgrace get, the guitar by yeah, touching it, please. Somebody who really is a good player yeah, grabbed that, yeah. but nevertheless. <laughs> but I'm picking up these really nice guitars, and the guy says, "You know, check this one out." And he hands me this one. It wasn't particularly pretty, but I held it. I played it. I went in the back. Of course, he hooks me up to a three thousand dollar amp. Yeah, that'll but, but help. I, but I had three or four different guitars all there. I'd plug them in and play them, you know, and. And this one guitar, I kept coming back to it. It just played the best. And it wasn't the most expensive, thank God. Usually when I look at right. a li- bunch of things, I always choose the most expensive one. <laughs> Cursed like taste. That. Yeah. yeah. And so this one was, it just, it wasn't that as pretty, but it just played well. It sounded good. Everything about it was just bitching. And it wasn't the most expensive. I, thank you. You know? And, the, and it, was, it was Memorial Day. I said, aren't you guys having a Memorial Day special? <laughs> just, he gives me 100 bucks more off nice. it. You yeah. know? Just because so, he asked. Just because yeah. I asked. Because yeah. I was standing there in front of him. Right. Physical presence, I think, makes a world of difference. Don't, don't you also, this is one of the things. We're recently uh, suffering the loss of Still Elevate Your Ethanol, which is a small bar supply store here in town run by some very nice entrepreneurs. Um, and they just they couldn't keep up with the rent in town. But uh, one of our, our comments was, Back, this back and forth discussion was like, we need these eclectic, weird little shops. If you don't have a guitar bar, where do you take your friend from out of town who's in town who plays guitar? Mm. When I was, here's a personal story. I get to take these moments once in a while. When I was a kid, my mom, uh, we, we didn't grow up with very much money. And so my mom would, would pack us all in the car and uh, just point in a direction and just head out of town and just go look for a new town that we hadn't been to yet. And so one time we headed to Idaho from Washington State. And we stopped in every small town that we could find. And we'd find a phone booth. And I was collecting comics that summer. And so we'd go, we'd go, I'd go into the phone booth and I'd flip through the phone book and I'd look for the comic shop in that town. Mm, and then we'd go to that comic shop, regardless of if it was any good or bad or whatever. And, uh, and I just remember that, like, what do you, I still, when I come to a town, whatever town it is, it's like, well, what kind of bookstores do they have here? What's, what's going on? Mm, Cause it's like, yeah, I can have any book I want off, off, off Amazon, but I really want to wander in the shelves of a bookshop. And if you don't ever do that, they go away. They go away fast. Yeah, they They've all, a lot of them have gone away, unfortunately. And then yeah. what exactly are people coming to your town to hang out and do? You know, it's like the, we got cruise ships that stop here, 22, 22 cruise ships, 26. Yeah. And it's like, what Every are they? Monday. Yeah, and it's like they get off the ship, and all they're looking for is some shop that's not in their hometown, right? That's right. what I'm something looking for. Pa- something right. particular to Santa Barbara that's right. kind of quirky, something they, yeah. they can say, I got that in Santa Barbara yeah. when right. I was on the cruise ship. Yeah. This thing, I really, yeah. or that conversation I got to have with that that, that bartender, that, cool that whatever. coffee shop. The great whatever. coffee shop, yeah, right. They didn't stop it wasn't at, a Starbucks. They yeah. didn't stop in McDonald's and get a Big Mac right. because, oh, it's just, I got the, I had a Big Mac in Santa Barbara. Like, <laughs> I went cares? To, I went to Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, yeah, what kind of t-shirt did you find there? The same same one they sell at all the Abercrombie Fitch. Yeah. So, well, that's the, the massification of everything, which you know, us old guys can talk about, and I'm, I'm thinking of the the younger entrepreneur who's listening to this yeah. show, thinking, yeah. "How do I make myself distinctive? How do I, right?" Because that's what we're talking about. I don't want to be like everyone else. I want to have something that's unique that makes whatever that thing is that I do different. I want to be unique like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. That's, I want to be part of this new group of uniqueness. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the different. backside of the T-shirt yeah. about it. Don't do math in public. <laughs> um, Burke, you uh, you like to write because, uh, and we know that you were you were writing copy for the Sharper Image. I I would love to meet the person because that was about the same time who wrote copy for the Jay Peterman catalog. Oh yeah. Right, because those were little stories. I mean, that was that was kind of fun. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how to def- yeah I understand your time you're talking about it. It's it's like a, you're telling a little story, a little backstory. It's still not really long copy, right? But it's it's you know I walked into a bar. It was freezing outside. You, you just tell some little. You create. Yeah. Uh, a visual, and, sort I, saw of a sense of, and I saw this coat. And I saw this coat. This yeah. guy was walking right. He came, yeah. he came riding in on his Harley, and he was wearing this white coat, and it hung down, and it looked whatever, you know. Exa- no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you've parlayed that love of words and writing, which is something Patrick loves to write. He's uh, I, everything he writes. I can't get enough of oh. reading those things. <laughs> uh, Let me slide the dollar over to you. <laughs> well, here's the thing I'll say about writing. Let me promote my new idea of what I call speaking forward. And that oh. is that okay. is where you're always using – it's almost difficult to explain it because it requires using negatives. But the idea is, is to never use a double negative. <laughs> Follow that. Well, that's fun. So, <laughs> to yeah, not it, it, never use – don't, don't never use – First of all, it's a tongue twister. And, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, and it's kind of like a neuro-linguistic programming. Like neuro meaning your mind, linguistic yep. meaning the words, and the programming, of course, is the action I want you to take after hearing what I and tell people you. people can look that up. It's called NLP, NLP. for the, our Googlers in the audience. And it, so I'm not really speaking specifically of NLP, but it, that's like the, I, what my variation of it. Speaking so f- forward. Speaking, I call it speaking forward. And the thing is, for example, don't forget your car keys. Okay. There's a double negative in there. What's, what's the operative word you hear in there? Pretty much forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about the car keys. But if you say remember your car keys, oh. different command. Mm. And so we're speaking all the time. We're talking whether you're praying, mm. what do you mm. say to God, you know, what you're saying if you're religious or what you're saying to customers, what you're saying to your, your partner, what you're saying to anybody. You're, you're kind of putting this program. You're, you're introducing words in the space. It's like, why do you have to be so negative? Yeah. You say, don't forget, don't, why do you have to be so negative? And, and, and what are you Instead saying? Of you're, you're actually, you're actually in reinforcing the negativity. There's a, a, a good, a very popular uh, seminar or a workshop called um, uh, Nonviolent Communication. Yeah, I've which, heard of that. Which I understand, they, they say it that way for a reason, I get it. But it's like, but what did we just, in, by saying that, what did I just introduce into the conversation? Violence. Yeah. violence. Yeah. By saying nonviolent, I introduce violence right there. Now, if I said productive communication, loving communication, I'm leaving out all of the negativity <laughs> that comes in with a double negative type of comment. It takes practice, believe me. It's, it's, well, it's interesting. It's my something my I, editor is on that. So that's, is that something that's new for you or has that been a <sighs> constant theme in how you think about writing? It's been an evolving theme. Mm. Explaining it is something relatively new to me. But it's been an evolving theme where I want to be sure I'm always introducing positive thoughts, if you will, into the copy. So I'm trying to, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a place where I, I, that doesn't work, but I'm, it doesn't not work. Uh, <laughs> that's, ah, that's the confusing it part of that. Hoist it on his own petard. But, but the, idea, yeah, the idea is you want to be careful what, you're, what, what ideas you're introducing into the conversation. And if you're introducing by saying don't do something, you've introduced the negative thing into the conversation. Why have that? What's in, that? That character, space? Debbie Downer, who oh, yeah. who's just like who is speaking? Like you ask them a question, how's it going today? And and the direction just just spirals after that. And not I always, bad. It's not bad. Not bad. Wait, but what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> better <Right>. than most. <laughs> yeah, I I I I aspire to this. A certain there's a certain couple of people I've bumped into in my life where I think, man, I really every time I see them, they are just in such a good mood, and it's because I think that they they open with. The, the, they up, they you know they open yep. up. Yep. Like like yep. when you say like, hey, how 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 are you today? Oh, 
Man, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, jeez. I think that's practice. They learned that and they're practicing I it. Yeah. And it's, it's not fake. You're, no. you're focused yes. on you're yep. focused on what yep. works. You're focused on, we hear about the attitude of gratitude. If you remember, wait, I'm, I'm sitting here. I can see. I can hear. I am sitting here. I'm not, I'm, I was, I was up to say I'm not hungry. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's practice. It's, it's yeah. ongoing, you know. And so to remember those things is, I think, very important. And tricky and not easy. And and it's easy to, it's easy. Why, why do you think it's so easy to lean back towards the, the, the negative side of any kind of interaction? Our whole world is, is fear-based, is scarcity thinking. I mean, way upstream in the thinking, the background, our beliefs, we don't have enough. I'm not going to get enough. I'm, you know, someone's going to take something from me. Hmm. I've got to get yours. And it's really not true because there's really an abundance of everything. I mean, heck, eBay is, is a perfect example. If I go on eBay, I, it's a perfect reminder to me every day that there's an abundance of everything. Because anything a, from your childhood you could touch. There's a in constant there. parade of electric guitars. Right. You know, oh, oh, I missed that deal. No, you're not. There's another one coming tomorrow. <laughs> but isn't isn't <laughs> right. that part of what the sales like? I feel like that's what sales and marketing, like the language of sales and marketing, scarcity. is. scarcity. Scarcity. Don't you miss ha- out. Don't Urgency. miss out. You got to get this. If you don't get this, hours left. If you don't get this, your life won't be complete. Oh my gosh. Well, you it's have all, to it, have a, this. a lot of that's from FOMO. Well, well, well mm-hmm. fear of mm-hmm. missing out. Yeah. Cialdini wrote the book called um, Influence. Right. And he talks about you want to introduce scarcity. You want to introduce all of these things that, that, that trigger people. Yeah. You've got to buy now. And I have my email system set to where if it says don't miss out, you know, <laughs> auto- automatically deletes it. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I get that it's happening. I get that it's on sale and the sale is going to end. And if I want it, I'm going to go get it. And that's why you have sales that end at a certain time because you create a certain urgency or fear of missing out. A certain Who invented? There was somebody. Was it a department store that invented the discount sale back in the the last century let's get our crack staff on that i just i feel like there was because we i used to my i think my grandfather used to say stuff like you know he never liked to buy something on sale because he was insulted by the fact that if you could sell it for that price why didn't you right Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i'm not sure which store it was but i know you know some big ones started way back when where they would have a product let's say it was you know it's sell they want to sell it for a hundred dollars they would put a price of $200 on it cross that out and say a hundred dollars you think i'm getting a bargain yeah again it's i don't know kind of fraud bait and switch yeah manip- manipulative i'm i'm looking at the uh topics of things that you talk about because you and and i'm gonna guess you've written about those as well yes a uh, business black belt becoming a mindful and responsible entrepreneur it seems brand consistent with what we've heard so far from you um, i want to but i i we need i want to go back inside of that how do how do you put together the black belt, which is that yeah, physical? Ex- that's exactly. Yeah, the physical concept of like you know motions inside of martial arts, with kind of the very intellectual side of business and the intellectual side of like planning your business, working your business. Like it's you're not talking about like punching out your clients or you know like the physical necessarily like not not on the not in the first meeting. I I'm not making like, any faces there. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank God we're on radio. Uh, but I just mean like 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 so that's that's a very like. In what you were saying about nonviolence, like the black belt is associated with this 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 martial art, this characteristic yes. of being very uh, you know prowess and prominent in striking, in in hitting. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. It, well, my attitude toward it changed when I got my black belt by about that time. When I was standing there, they put the wrapped the black belt around me, and you know, celebration of yay, I finally did this thing. I felt like there was this large, weird kind of sphere around me, like a solid, like an egg almost hmm. that cracked right down the middle, and it fell off. And it was this fear of physical violence. It just kind of fell away from me. And that's where, and so that's, that happened then. But before that, and to answer your question, I, I started my business 
And then, it's, again, I was circling the block around this karate school. It was nearby. I'm thinking, oh, I should go in there and start. I really want to do this. And I don't know. One of these days I'll do that. And finally, I just there was a parking space. Huh. I think parking spaces are everything. Boy, there's a parking space yeah. in front of the place. You got to have good parking, which that's a beautiful subject. metaphor. But, it, but there was a parking <laughs> space in front of the sh- in front of the studio. I t- oh, I can park there. It was I didn't I, you know because you drive around. What excuse do you have park. now? I yeah. No yeah. excuse. They're right? all gone. I wasn't in a hurry. I just, I'll go in and talk to the guy. The door was open. I just drove in, walked in, and said hi. I'm interested in doing this. I live down the street. And they punched you in the face. Punched me in the face. <laughs> Let me kick you in the head. No. He just says, great, come back tonight at 730. I said, oh, well, nice. what do I wear? Just wear sweats and we'll get take care of you. So the th- big thing, when people write down all these New Year's. How old were you? I was 30, maybe 32 or 3. I got my black belt when I was 53. Yeah, wow, good for you. Yeah, so that was. 32 you know. is not 12. Yeah. No. Not 12 no, years it's old. it's very different. So yeah. that's a, a life choice. Yeah. So, you know, but I, I always wanted to do, I think initially it was, my, my motivation was fear-based. <coughs> I was afraid of being bullied, you know, afraid mm. of, you know, I remember being bullied a couple of times as a kid, you know, and really wishing I could just punch that guy out, you know, which, you know, would have hurt and back and forth, but it, at least I would have done something. But anyway, yeah. so here I was, I wanted to learn this stuff because I'd seen it on TV and I could do that, you know. And at the same time, I'd started my business. So I started the business in my black belt training about the same time. Hmm. And so what I noticed when I was in karate class, I'd be in the ring, you know, and I'm, I'm prone to being distracted by bright, shiny objects, everything, thinking about some idea. So I'm in the ring and I'm thinking, hmm, bang, you know, and I, I, I space out and I get, I get popped. I'm thinking, wow, you know, I really to succeed at this, I have to be heart, mind, body and spirit present yeah. here yeah. now, 100%. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to hurt. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I'm doing that in my business. I wonder huh. if I'm right. not fully right. present right. in my business. <laughs> right. Were you? And that's well, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, one thing you learn is, is you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Uh, exactly. Which is why venture capitalists will take you to play golf or something like that, or the, the story about the IBM executives taking you to lunch to see if you put salt on the food before you even taste it. Yeah. <sighs> All indicative of behavior, because how can you run a company or be a manager if you just do stuff without seeing what's really going on first? Mm. We called it the drool test, which we what? instituted. <laughs> what? I had a sales guy <laughs> in Los Angeles, this will be good. Yeah. and he came up to Wayfront because he had a client visiting headquarters, and he came up to accompany them, and we went to a nice lunch, and he was awful. At lunch, um, he was yes. he was just he was coughing. He had a cold. Okay, excuse yourself. Go deal with that. But he would he'd open up his coat and then sneeze into his coat, and he would just do. And I was like, okay, oh dude, you just grossed me out so bad. You no longer. I mean, this is yeah. awful. Yeah. And we instituted no one gets hired without having lunch, <laughs> right? But to continue. So so yeah. So in, in the thing, in, so in my background, I had taken while, while I was at Texas Instruments, I was introduced to this workshop company called Summit Workshops, and they did all of this. I mean, the best way to think about it today would probably be like some kind of th- group therapy, so to speak. But mm. they did. He was a photographer, and he worked with actors, you know, way back when. And I wasn't an actor; I was in, in sales. I guess that's an actor, but mm-hmm. in acting is the whole misnomer anyway. But nevertheless, so but it was really learning how to bring yourself out, become self-aware aware of, you know, Hmm. your effect Hmm. on people, mostly aware of your thoughts and your beliefs. And, you know, we walked in this room with 50 other people the first Friday night, 
and we did all these different exercises, you know, some stage things, some communication things, some silly, lots of silly stuff, some written things we would write down, you know. And by Sunday evening, when you really got to know all the people through all these exercises, you really, I was really in love with all of them, hmm. which to me was, are you kidding me? Because I'm more prone to want to hate you and kill you first than fall in love with you. Fortunately, I did this 37 years ago, so it's been more than half my life has been positive <laughs> that way. But <laughs> whoa, but I, yeah. but I catch myself, oh, hey, you don't even know this guy, you know, yeah. type of thing. Right. So, because, um, you know, we're triggered by things. We're triggered by, like, you might look like somebody that, look like that guy that reminds me of this kid who punched me in third grade. I hate you. Yeah. That's not you at all. Right, right. right. No, that's right. happening right now. They had a workshop. Yeah. Here's yeah. this one workshop. This was really crazy. They would play sounds. They had all kinds of workshops. This was one, one night a week for 10 weeks, and they'd play these sounds. And you'd sit there, and all they would do is they'd play a sound. It might be silverware in a drawer. Uh, and uh. you'd write stream of consciousness. What does this mean to you? Huh. And people talk up, stand up, oh, I hated dinner time with my parents because right. I always have to do the dishes. And they would kind of get to the bottom of that and get over it. So it's really reconciling a lot of your beliefs and thinking that you had as a child that were holding you back in some way or hmm. getting in the way of your business success, in the way of your relationships. Here was one. So one night they started dropping sound, the sound of ice cubes dropping in a glass. And I'm picturing, wow, I'm having seven up with my grandfather. This is uh. really fun. This is really great. But the people around me were going crazy. And I couldn't figure out what's wrong with these people. Alcoholism? Yeah, daddy's drunk. Wow. Children of adult, yeah, parents were alcoholics. And I, oh my God, just an ice cube landing in wow. a glass. Wow, those would audio set triggers. them off. An yeah. audio trigger. Now, yeah. we have, and I, saw, I got in an airplane one time. And speaking of a VP of sales from hell, I had this guy, he wore this cologne that I, you know, I just, oh, who's this guy? It's like memories. the number one, so I'm sitting number in the one rule of sales is don't do that. Well, this was, he broke a lot of number one rules. Like, don't touch the customers either. <laughs> anyway, so I sat in the plane and I smell this one. Oh, I had to turn around. Is that guy here? Oh, thank God it wasn't him. But man, the smell just sent me right there. Yeah. We can be taken out of all whatever we're focused on by all kinds of distractions mm -hmm. that are things that we that trigger us unconsciously. And that's what this workshop's company was about is looking at all of your unconscious triggers, unconscious beliefs. Unconscious meaning they're kind of built into the factory where you learn from your parents all these your yeah. thoughts about money, your thoughts about relationships, you just watch what daddy does with mommy kind of things. And so yeah. I mean, I think of it today as like if you could get access to your pull-down menu in your mind and check different boxes. Yeah. Anyway, this is much Or what Grandpa than... does with tubes. Um, <laughs> I want to I wanna get back yeah. to yeah. So. Um, we have something in common here in that as a later person in life going and getting their black belt, it was impossible for me to not make corollaries between what was happening on the mat and what was happening off the mat and courtesy, Coming integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit, and what did that look like? And when in our dojo, you have to write an essay uh, for right. the grandmaster about what the journey was like for you. Yep. No one reads them uh, except him. Oh. They're, not, they're not public. And it's a worthwhile uh, exercise for yourself. It was fantastic. And, but yeah. he said, no one's ever written about business. I mean, like, it's all about business for you with with what that meant. And so oh, I, I love that aspect of it. How did you, I mean, this is a book. We can go buy this book, right? Okay. Yeah. So It's on um, Amazon. So <laughs> I want to buy it in a bookstore. Because uh, um, there's a lot about, that that um, I think is really important. Why 
What are the biggest takeaways from that? What are the, let's say pick two of the big takeaways that someone who's has a thought about what being a martial artist is and, and how this is different than that and how it applies to business. Wow. Um, well, you know, the first one really is recognizing my own thinking, feeling, behavior in martial arts and how there's the immediate threat, if you will. It's a guy in front of you who's going to who's kicking and punching at you. And that's a host in, in my world, that would be a hostile customer. That's a customer who's I'm trying to overcome their objections or yes. I, I've got three or four of them peppering me with questions similar. It could be even in your own mind where the person reminds you of somebody mm -hmm. that who was he was evil to you at some point. Just something it even goes against your own your beliefs. You have all these beliefs and you can stop and center yourself and say, wait a minute, none of that's real. You can't even reach me or across a desk from there. You could stand up, but I can get out of your way. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm ready for that sure. without being paranoid. You know, it's just, you, you, you know, but because I don't have all this extra mental clutter going on, I can think more clearly. I can deal with the situation more clearly, more immediately. All of it can happen in a split second. And so I can even correct a thought that wafts through my mind like, oh, who is this dude? You know, to seems like a nice guy to me. Does, you know, he reminds me of several other people, but mm, that's mm, not him. Mm. We don't know yet. And he has no reason, you know. Now, I could remind you of somebody, so I could, you know. But all that just goes away so quickly. So it's really, it's, it's really the clarity of thinking, really, in, 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 in any situation, even if it looks intimidating. The being present is one that we always <laughs> have to practice. I mean, we talked earlier about practicing language, yes. right, being really mindful. So mm -hmm. I guess it's mindfulness. I guess that's yes. a way of, of thinking about it, uh, having intention. And those are the things that you don't really hear about when you're, listening to a business podcast, <laughs> right? No. That's not the thing you think about, but it's, it, it, as it turns out, it's the thing we talk about a lot because we've had people talking about meditation. We talk about, I mean, all these other kinds of life skills right. that are so important to you. And I, I want to go with the being present one because that's one I'm constantly working on because of the same thing. I've got squirrel brain, right? And how, we get, how many advertising messages do we get every day? 7,000, I think Something it is. Something like that, yeah. And how many of them are telling you you're okay? You don't need to buy anything. You're fine. Yeah. None of them are telling me that. They're all telling me there's something wrong with me. I missed something. I shouldn't miss out, you know, and sales going to be over. You're, you know, you're, you're blowing yeah. it. You're not driving the right car. You're not drinking the right beer. You're not wearing the right shoes. You're never going to get a girlfriend. You're done. And whoa. <laughs> yeah, so being being that present and mindful is such a huge, which is why when Patrick, when we do the yeah. show, uh, we have not everybody lives here, so we have people who call in, mm -hmm. but it's a significantly different experience for me. It's you know we love our we love our guests that are that are distant and and we do our best to to bring them into the studio uh, you know intellectually, but it is always a harder show for us just just to to not have the visual cues of of somebody sitting here across from us. It is always know that when you're listening to this show and you hear us do a, a phone in call, yeah, it's 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 hard for Mark and I to to know which direction we're going. It's it's a lot better when we have. When it's our, about have being our present here. and reading someone's yeah. energy. They say seventy six percent of communication is nonverbal, right. yeah. and so when you're on the phone, that all goes away. Right back to your eighty twenty rule that you right. started the show yeah. off with. Uh, I I want to make sure we cover uh, what business power tools are. I mean, you've been doing this for yeah. a long yeah. time, yeah. and you said templates. And so tell me, what is the business? Um, well, you know, so the business, it started out as, so I had been selling word processors, I had all yeah. different things, and I knew I wanted to take everything I'd ever done and do the next thing with it. 
I didn't want to have two years selling word processors go to waste. So, but as it turned out, so I was making marketing materials for people in Silicon Valley, companies in Silicon Valley. And then one day a friend of mine uh, was, had a deal to sell his software to Apple. Hmm. And he had this software for basically circuit design, but measuring, because you could have a complicated circuit and it would go through one end of the circuit faster than the other end of the circuit. And so what happens at the other end may not be predictable. He had software that could help you figure that out and work that through. And Apple was, wanted to use it. And so they were buying his company. They just wanted to you know, buy his software and use it. But in those days, you're very concerned about a software developer. Are they going to be around? Are you going to be around to support it? Are you going to make the oh. next version? I mean, today, software companies, we almost take that for granted. You're a software company. Of course, you're going to be around to make the next version of the app or whatever it is. And that's not always the case. But then there weren't very many software companies. And this was a big deal. Of course, it's important to Apple. So they said, we want to see your business plan. Because they wanted to know he was going to be around. And sure. what was he doing sure, about it? And sure. did he really have sure. the sense to do that? Okay. So he's like, duh, duh, what do I do? Can you help me write a <laughs> I don't build plan? things like that. I, I, can, I can build the electronic circuit, but I don't know how to pitch this yeah, to Apple. Yeah, we were right. talking. I said, well, you know, I can help you with that. And so I didn't really know much about business planning, but I read up really fast. And to me, the business plan at the time, and even today, you know, it's a very elaborate brochure to sell your concept, whether you're selling it to an investor, whether it's a VC or an angel, or you're selling it to somebody to join your company, to get yourself out of bankruptcy, pitching your vendors on, look, I'm, I'm, I've figured out how we're going to do this. But it has to have so, certain elements. It has it to has have It has to have those. certain elements. And so here, you're back to the word processing sales. You remember I said about selling to the secretary. Mm -hmm, the, you know. mm -hmm. So the business plan is they're going to, they, as they take it into Apple, they're going to give the, the plan to the marketing people. The marketing people don't care about the management no. of the product. They yeah. want to know how you're marketing it. So they look at your marketing plan and says, okay, is this guy doing the right thing? They take the plan, they show it to the finance people. They look at the numbers and say, does this make sense? They take it to the management, does this overall thing make sense? So different people have a different focus on the different plans. So if you're an angel investor, you're going to take a business plan from some entrepreneur, and you're going to show it to your friends. You're going to ask your technical mm -hmm, friend, your marketing mm -hmm, friend, mm -hmm. your finance friend, all these different people to look at this thing, to judge it from every different angle, to see if it makes sense and if it'll fly and if it's a good deal. And so I looked at the plan that way, and I said, okay, this has got to make sense to everybody who's looking at this thing. Long story short, he got the deal. And so as the, the other thing, there's the, you know, that thing where you, you, you buy a new car and you drive it off the lot and suddenly you see them everywhere, you know? Yeah. Until then, that doesn't happen. But anyway, so I'd written this business plan for him, and all of a sudden people were calling me up and wanting business plans. I don't know exactly where they came from, but... So I was reading these business plans, and there were some really great ideas. Trigger these popular science, where'd the thing go? Right, right. Issue. I'm thinking, oh, this is a great idea. Man, this plan sucks. This thing is gonna. This thing is DOA right now. It's gonna dead on arrival just because it's. This plan is so bad. I've got to. I've got to help you and rewrite this thing. So I fixed people's business plans for them. So one day I'm standing in the shower and I have that you know, <laughs> right. slap on the forehead, right. the sound of one hand clapping, um, is you know is what if I just took all the content I have for these business plans, redact the numbers and specifics, and create a template, put it on disk, and sell it? And so what I, if? What if? Let's give it a shot. So I took all this stuff. I did all of exactly that. And I ran a bunch of classified ads in magazines like Success and Inc. and some airline <laughs> magazines. A little one-inch classified that said, you know, business plan on diskette. I have a, know, soft, I have a six, soft spot in my heart six, for that kind of advertising. Six, six, yeah. $69, you know, 800 number. And in those days, it was hard to get a credit card merchant account. Fortunately, I had a friend who was doing that. An 800 number, yeah, that was easy enough. But anyway, 
people would call up. You know, they'd call up. Of course, they'd call from the East Coast at five in the morning, and they'd say, "So I'm looking at this business plan. Can you tell me about it?" And I kind of wasn't ready for that part. I just was running ads to see what would happen. I'd say, "Well, you know, it's a it's a word processing. Te- it's a template you can edit in word processing. The plan's written for you. You simply finish the sentences and edit it." And they would say something. Oh, you mean like this and that? And I'd, yeah. And I'd write down whatever they said or whatever I said that when they just got it. So when I was you know, I would sell a few of those and I'd write, make my little script of, of what people understood. And then in the future, when I'd wake up at five in the morning out of a dead sleep, turn on the light, I had my little script ready to go. I'd read my little script. They'd say, great, here's, here's my visa card. And four out of five people would buy it. Hmm. And it was just like that. And it just, you know, one day I put, you know, before I put my feet on the ground, I had $800 worth of orders on the floor because I take the piece of paper off my clipboard, throw it on the floor, you know, <laughs> and the, I'm in the software business. And there you are. And there I am. So it just, you know, went from there and we added more products to it, you know, because the other little marketing thing people need to know is it costs five times to sell a new customer your first product yep. as it costs yep. to sell the existing customer your next product. So I figured, what do they need next? So we got into the marketing plan, which is a complete marketing plan written for you. Mm. It picks up where the business plan marketing section leaves off, but it gets into the specifics of, because everybody asks, well, what's the best marketing thing I should do? There isn't one. There's a whole bunch, but you got to make them work together. You know, so I've got to I've got to imagine that um, worlds have collided in the last seven years since the iPhone uh, changed everything. Nine years now. Is it nine? Nine oh, years. Two thousand seven. Wow, I'm doing a almost ten. <laughs> almost ten years, Mark. So worlds have collided, yes. and in fact, even in the last three years, I yeah. would say they've. That, that we're on a hyper collision course and it's right. all different now. How have you managed to keep topical with these templates and all of that? Because I would think that's a pretty, or, or do you feel that there's a universal, universality? Universality? Universality of it. It's universality. one of those. None yeah. of us got that word in. Someone, <laughs> one of our audience members right <laughs> now, screaming and we phone. know who it is, it's is Alan. Screaming, it's Alan is screaming at us right now. Uh, <laughs> it's spelled! <laughs> But there is a um, an evergreen quality yes. to the content. There you go. That's Ooh, the word. Nice. Yeah, business plans yes. are business plans. Now there's yeah. nuances, of course, and, and ways to make them improved and better. Well, no, I'm going to throw a, a, a wrench at that. In that the there there are people who will say business plan is just so 2000 and you know we don't do that anymore you know your business plan you might as well write it in sand and the next tide is going to wash that out you've got to have some it's it's almost like if you could deliver a ted talk about your business in 12 minutes right spend your time doing that and that's going to probably do better for you than writing a business plan would you how would you counter that well, here's the thing, and this also goes back to what you wrote to get your black belt. You wrote about your experience, and it gave you the gravitas, really, to mm. understand what you got out of the black belt. The business plan gives you the gravitas to really stand up and present your business to, to an investor. See, so so way it really goes is typically you meet an investor in the elevator, proverbial elevator, and the elevator's only going three floors, not 25 floors, just three. <laughs> so I, I went to some meeting there. I said, oh, yeah, 25 floors. And no, you're not. You're, you're going three yeah. floors. Yeah. So you've got a few seconds to, 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 to introduce your concept. The concept then is to get a, an appointment with an investor. The investor's probably going to ask you for a summary business plan or a couple pages on it, right? And then you're going to go there and you're going to give them your PowerPoint keynote pitch deck. Your deck, yeah. Pitch this pitch thing in, in your proverbial 12 minutes. You're going to get Q&A. And I also inter- say in the middle of that that 
I've never seen an investor presentation go more than maybe two slides, maybe three, without an interruption from somebody right. asking <laughs> right. a question. Right. right, right. And so there's that. And then if they're interested, I don't, everybody, investor I've talked to says, if I'm about to write a check for anywhere north of 10000 or call it $50,000 to $50 million, I'll read 50 pages of your plan just to see what, I want to know what you know. They want to know what you know about your business, mm -hmm. how much research you've done, how mm -hmm. much effort have you made in this. There's a side little issue in there, too, where does the investor really believe you're going to do the business? Because you could just take the money and go to Mexico. I mean, there's no reason to build a business. Heck, get a million bucks and leave town. But that's Wait, gonna, you that's, can do that? <laughs> it's been it's done. I think, been I, done. I think I've been in the wrong so, room. So here's it's the thing. So here's, here's how you get to the 30-second pitch. You start with a business plan. Mm -hmm. you, you, you get the whole business yeah. down from 10,000 feet. You really understand every aspect of it because the chain is as strong as its weakest link. Yep. And so so now then you reduce that to your summary plan and your pitch deck and you reduce that to your 30-second intro pitch, which makes your 30-second intro that much better. So when you're talking to the investors and they interrupt you in that in, during that slideshow with a question, you can give them some kind of intelligent response. Even if you haven't put much thought into it, you could say, we considered that, here's why it's not we're not doing it, here's why it's number three on the list and not number one or number 50 on the yeah, list and not number right. one. And, or, you know, but if you've got some ideas, I'd love to hear about it. But at least you don't stand there like a deer in the headlights, like a deer in the headlights, wondering, uh. The worst answer ever is, we hadn't considered that. We'll look into it. Yeah. Worst oh. answer ever. And they think that's intelligent. And that's yeah. good. You're, all, watch all the checkbooks go back in their pockets. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Come back and that. talk to us when you have considered all of those But even angles. then, you're, now, now you've, you've lost a whole bunch of points. Yeah. You've, you know, you'll never recover from that. You've got to come in. You've got to have your act together. And, you know, and some people, are, of course, are going to disagree with you. You're not going to sell everybody, but at least you know what you're doing. The good news is with software, especially with our new systems on the web, you can go into any section you want, click on it, edit it, update it. And then when the investor looks at it, they can go in online and look at it online. You're not giving them hard copy. Yeah, exactly. So you've got the, it's flexible. And you keep it there for your employees to see. I have yet to see a company where the right hand knows what the left hand's doing. So you suggest having every employee read the business plan? Hell yes. They should read the employee. That's rare. They should read the employee policy manual yeah, too. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and we should read the um, license agreements from Microsoft when we update Word. You at probably should, once. but, but it's 128 pages. Well, I, I was at Good. Microsoft it's, one time, yes. and they put an it wasn't an NDA. Put an NDA in front of us. It was a half a page. The NDA yeah. I have is a full two pages. Yeah. Well, one sheet of paper printed both sides. But anyway, their thing said, you know, if you're you're here, uh, if you tell us anything, we're going to use it. If you don't want us to use something, don't tell us. Yeah. Show it to us. Which, I mean, they're very upfront. i got to give them that. You know, it's like in a martial arts thing. You step in the ring with me, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to kick you. I'm going to try to I, hit you. I'm going to come after you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, I mean, they're not evil. I, they're just, that's just, they're being upfront. And I think, you know, that's, we're big kids on the block and you just got to play the game. So. There was a, a company that I really wanted to do business with and we got that half sheet. Uh, not, it wasn't Microsoft, but it was, I got that half a sheet and I said. Yeah, guess not. No way we're having lunch, dude. Yeah. No, not even lunch. Not yeah. even, no, yeah, not even going to talk about hey, it. Hey, Burke, where do we find you on the internet? Businesspowertools.com. And uh, my last question, because businesspowertools.com. So everything's on there. So it is. You can the templates and templates, and, the business plan, marketing plan. Is there plan. an 800 number on there? 800 346 5426. I knew it. Of course can you even get an 800 yeah. number? No, anymore? you get 866s and 888 and 877. We yeah. ran out of 800 numbers. Yes. I guess yes. So. Yeah, oh, I've my had mine God. A long time. Burke, thanks for being on the show. We're at, we're at the part of the show where we get to uh, we put a wrap a bow around it and give it a name. 
What would we call this conversation we've just had? You're the copywriter in the family here. I've been asked a question like that before, but it's a good one. I want to say the... Uh, now, remember, this is something that uh, someone would Google one of the words in there and this would come up. Or they've come in, they've listened to another show. Yep. They love it. Scanning down. And they're looking through the list of, now what should I listen to next? And they see this title. So the first three words are the most important ones because the rest gets cut off in on right. the mobile phones. Yeah, so. I want to say the business black belt who makes business power tools. That's yeah. two. Okay, yeah, let's no, yeah. keep going. <laughs> there's just yeah. six words. But so yeah. there's the elevator pitch, and then the new one is the Uber pitch. The You've Uber got pitch. until the Uber gets here to and Ubers. Me. Yeah, and Ubers are seconds away all yeah, the time. Yeah, so that's the, I so waited for one for wait, we go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So away. our title. Our title. The title of the show. Do you want to say business black belt? Like that? I like Business Black Belt. I think it's the catchiest one of it, you know. Yeah. Is that the name of the book? That's the name of the book. Yeah. See, so I, that works too. What I wanted to say about the book is that, remember I talked about all the workshops I took? Yeah. And then I also did martial arts. So I took the what I learned in the workshops and learned in martial arts and the experience I had in building my business. I wrote about all these different aspects of my business from hiring MBAs, from hiring a friend, to working with attorneys, to raising capital, to managing people different chapters on all these subjects. It's like 70 business books in one. Oh, I love but it, that. It, it's filtered through all of the martial arts and the, and the, and the personal growth, self-awareness, awareness and consciousness oh, nice. workshops. And that's what the book is about. And it, I think every, every business person should read it, among other things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got a lot of good stuff in we'll, it. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so we, much. We appreciate it. And uh, we, we know we can get you at Business Black Belt. Or businesspowertools.com. Businesspowertools.com. Businesspowertools. And the book is there, and I'll put a link to it in the show. I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. And Patrick, how are things going at Pull String? <laughs> they're always going. They're always going better than expected. So um, uh, we're, we're doing great, and uh, we're looking for some new shows uh, to get out there. So if you're thinking about a podcast and you're thinking, "Hey, I don't really know uh, how to navigate the world of podcast. Uh, I'd like to start from scratch." Uh, come talk to us. Uh, all you need is a good idea, and uh, we'll talk to you about uh, how the mechanics of podcasts get out to your listeners. Fantastic. Um, that well, that's how we showed up. Yeah. And uh, we're already thinking about another show. If you're interested in partnering with Patrick or with the podcast, drop us a note to partner at 805connect.com. And Patrick, yeah. um, so this person has listened to the end. They're fascinated. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like, this was like. <laughs> they haven't, you think they're listening right now? They're still listening? There's one person listening. Okay, well, if they're still listening, then I want to reveal a secret about this podcast that nobody knows. This is like staying in the credits right. till the final credits, and there's that little. And you'll mention thing. this to friends, and nobody will know. This is our clip. At this yeah. is what we're going to yeah. call this. It the turns clip out at the end. Mark is Iron Man. No, um, <laughs> Mark does all of these shows without wearing shoes. Every single show, no That's shoes, true. shoeless. That is true. Yep. I am shoeless. Yep. They're off to the wow. side. Wow. I've been outed twice in yeah. this one. Yeah. Patrick, thank you so much for that. Always. And now people are going to try to sell me shoes because they think I don't have shoes. They're going to send shoes, uh, which is fine. You can do that. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If you've got questions about why I don't wear shoes or uh, if you've got an idea for a guest, uh, all the best ideas come from people who write us a note. They get inspired by something they listen to and they go, oh, you got to talk to Dan or Gary. Send me a note. Mark at 805connect.com and I'll get back to you. And until next time, 
This is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.